Hello, what's going on guys? I'm John Hasselbauer, golf writer for thelines.com. This is From the Tips, first video of 2024. Uh, excited to be back talking golf in the new year for the first full field tournament of the season. The Sony Open in Hawaii at Wailai Country Club. It has been about three months, I would say, since my last video. I think it was at the Fortinet, so it's been a long time coming since I got to talk some golf. A lot has changed. I don't have enough time in this video to go through everything that has changed since the last time I recorded one. Um, but in any case, I am excited to have a full field tournament at an event that we hit the winner at in Siwoo Kim. It's actually my spotlight feature that week. Um, so a lot of good vibes going into uh, YLI Country Club. Before we get any further, uh, anybody who's new to the channel, make sure you are subscribed to The Lines YouTube. You can find that. Uh, right below this video, hit that, uh, hit that subscribe button, ring the bell for new notifications. Um, you can also find in the link to this description, the links to my articles on the lines.com where you can get my full tournament preview. Uh, the discord is also linked in there and new this year, uh, is a partnership with underdog. And we're really excited about that partnership. I personally, uh, was kind of aware of underdog for other sports, but they've really upped their game in golf this year. Uh, and the lines is now partnered with them. So you can use promo code, the lines. Let me say that again a little bit more articulately. The lines, T H E L I N E S. Uh, you can use that promo code to get a hundred dollar deposit match, uh, for your first deposit on underdog. So that is linked in the description as well. And, uh, again, very excited about that partnership. Excited to kind of test new waters beyond just betting and DraftKings. Um, and I'm going to be writing a little bit more content later. Uh, next week, doing a full deep dive into strategy for PJ Best Ball. So don't want to miss that. Again, make sure you are subscribed to this channel so you don't. Um, and we'll be doing From the Tips weekly uh, course breakdowns um, every week going forward this year. So getting into the, uh, the field at the Sony Open, I'm going to share my screen with my uh, tournament preview, which again, you can find on the homepage at thelines.com. Um, interesting, very interesting dynamic at the Sony Open this week. Um, so last week there was an expanded field at the Century Tournament of Champions. It was the largest one in tournament history of 59 players. That meant a lot more people who are not typically in Hawaii are. And there's a ton of first timers in the field this week. Um, you can see here in the field at a glance, uh, Aber, or I should say Ober, uh, Tyrrell Hatton, Matt Fitzpatrick, Will Zalatoris, and Akshay Batia are all, not only are they all, uh, first timers, but they're all, I would say the top seven to eight favorites this week, uh, with Obera Hatton and, uh, Fitzpatrick here being the top three. So very unusual. I can't really ever think of the last time we've had an event where all three of the top favorites have never played the course before. And it's especially interesting at a course like Wildlife Country Club, which has such predictive course history to it. Uh, you've seen guys like Webb Simpson, Chris Kirk, Corey Connors, Russell Henley. The list goes on. These accurate short course plotters just seem to be able to repeat success on courses where you reward accuracy over distance and have the same kind of about 150 yard shot into the green on every, every hole, more or less on these par fours. There's also only two par fives at Wildlife Country Club. Um, that means that par five scoring is deprioritized. That's something that somebody like in Ludwig Ober, 
uh, can use to his advantage with his elite length um, to kind of lap the field and gain in scoring in that area. Uh, when there's only two and they're the two easiest courses, the two easiest holes on the course, not only that, but two of the easiest par fives on the entire PGA Tour, not much of an advantage if you're a good par five scorer. So that is a reason if you're looking to fade the favorites this week, why I would say this, the premium skill sets that uh, an Aubert or Fitzpatrick or even Hatton bring can kind of be diminished at a course like this. Now, course history is predictive here. This is not necessarily a course I would say you have to play a couple of times before you figure it out. So I understand why they are favorites. They are better talents than everybody else in the field, um, but not where I will necessarily be starting my card this week. Um, and then just kind of go into, we're going to skip to just the field at a glance. I think it's a, a bit more informative to look at everybody who's playing in the odds to kind of set the table for who we're looking for this week. Uh, so we talked about O'Bear Hatton and Fitzpatrick. Again, we're at the bottom of the odds comparison table, which is always in my uh, tournament preview article each week. So make sure you do check that out. Scroll to the bottom for these refresh lines. It is the best way to compare uh, across legal sports to make sure that you are getting the best number. And not only that, you can also look at uh, first round leader props, uh, any any prop you can really think of um, that you can drop down here, top nationality. If we wanted to just, for example, look at top Asian player, you'll see that Siwoo Kim is a slight favorite on some books over Hideki Matsuyama. So that maybe that's an ad you want to get. Uh, I love this tool. I always go here when I'm looking to get my first bets in in the morning on Mondays. So can't recommend enough that you check this out and use this as part of your, your weekly golf betting process to make sure that you're not missing out on the best line. Um, so looking at the favorites, is this a week that you want to begin your card uh, with the favorites? You can. I, that's not how I went about it this week. I did choose to fade the guys who are debutants this week. Uh, we'll see how that goes for me. Russell Henley is always a decision you have to make at this event. Uh, I was on him when he got chased down by Hideki Matsuyama two years ago, so a bit of a sour taste in the mouth. Kind of a collapse, but also kind of just a buzzsaw that Hideki Matsuyama was running him down. Um, so... Will I go back to Russell Henley this week? Thought about that a lot. This 22 number that's still available at this time of recording on FanDuel does look interesting to me. This 16 number on Caesars is probably pretty fair, uh, to be honest, when you look at Russell Henley's um, track track record. And actually, speaking of track record, why don't we just flip on over to Fantasy National, which I'm using for the basis of my uh, model this week. And we can kind of just see what we're talking about here when we... When we say Russell Henley is uh, course history. So he got his first career win here in 2013. He did it with putting. It was 12 strokes gain, and he hit essentially every single putt uh, on Sunday, which is kind of ironic because he's kind of known for not showing up on Sundays. Uh, then it was kind of middle of the pack, but always hitting fairways. You could see a lot of green. That's that's what you want to see out of somebody with repeated history, is that they're always comfortable off the tee, hitting the fairways on these tight, pinched fairways. And then Russell Henley's always going to gain on approach. So it's really just a matter of are you going to gain with, with, with your Bermuda putting or not? Uh, he's been a little shaky recently over the last five is actually losing putting. He goes through stretches where he hits everything to a very streaky player. Um, I decided not to bet Russell Henley this week, but obviously someone who makes a ton of sense on this course and will get a decent amount of action for anyone who wants to stomach a Russell Henley outright. After Henley, you have Brian Harmon, the open champion here at 25, Corey Connors, uh, Eric Cole, Chris Kirk, JT Poston is kind of the next tier 
a um, couple thoughts, I guess, on this part of the board. Um, if I'm going to start my card up top, I probably want to chase repeated course history. Um, and something that's really important to me this week is just being able to hit the fairways under pressure, play this course out of the fairway. It's such a big difference uh, to be at Wiley Country Club in the fairway, be able to control your spin and just seek pins versus playing out of the rough, which they have grown out more starting last year to be more punitive. Uh, that's just, you can't really make birdies out of the rough here. It is a penalty. And we really haven't seen penal rough on the PGA Tour since before the RSM Classic. It's been a good two months since the guys were tested uh, on a course where you need to hit the fairways and avoid the rough. So that's going to be a very interesting thing I'm looking for this week. Guys who play well on comp courses, some comps to hear that I think are just worth calling out. Um, that reward sort of driving accuracy and mid irons. Definitely Harbor Town comes to mind. A lot of crossover with guys who have played well here and there. The Bermuda connection as well. Um, uh, but Sea Island, where we did have the RSM Classic, although there's less uh, rough here, that that is a very correlative course. And Sedgefield Country Club is probably the best example of a short course that doesn't really matter so much. Par five scoring rewards Bermuda putting. And it's going to force you to hit a lot of good mid irons. I think there's probably more correlation with um, with Sedgefield and the Wyndham Championship than any other course. Webb Simpson is another great example of someone who just dominates at both events. Um, so that's all something that I rolled into my model this week. Very important for me, comp course history. Um, but yeah, driving driving accuracy very important. That's why somebody like an Eric Cole who just that's, that's another one. I think we should probably just pull up his page so we can look at what Eric Cole's been doing over the last couple months. It's it's really insane the run this guy continues to go on without taking any weeks off. Um, but this stretch from the rookie last year carrying over is hard to ignore. Fourth, third, second, third, and a fourteenth where he was shooting one of the best rounds on the course on Sunday last week. So he ended on a high note, even though it doesn't really look that way. Can get scorching hot with the putter and is especially good on Bermuda, being that he is from uh, Florida uh, and and just is most familiar with Bermuda greens. Now, the issue that I'm going to have this week on an Eric Cole, despite this incredible consistency, is all the red off the tee. I think that's really going to hurt you at Wiley if you can't repeatedly hit these fairways obviously he is kind of used to playing out of the rough because he's not a great driver both on accuracy and distance which makes these finishes even more remarkable um, but if you can't do that repeatedly i don't see how you're going to win at this event so eric cole is actually going to be kind of a sell high fade for me somebody that i might look to target against in matchups this week um, and then you go to somebody like a chris kirk who's coming off of a century tournament at champ or the century tournament win uh, still available at 35 to one. I think that's a little disrespectful to Kirk. I think had he not played last week, 35 to one would still make sense for him has a pair of top three finishes here over the last four years. Uh, and is somebody who can repeatedly sort of hit that same uh, draw off the tee and can get very hot uh, with putting on Bermuda. So somebody I gave a lot of thought did not end up getting there, but I do really like Kirk. I don't think there's going to be much of a letdown after winning the century. The guy's one of the most even-keeled players on tour. He's not going to be doing a lot of celebrating after a win like that. So I think he just tries to keep riding that hot form. And is somebody that I think is going to be a threat this week. Maybe not going to get there on the betting card, but I do like him 
uh, as a DFS play, at the very least, as an underdog play, for sure. Somebody I definitely love in that market because you're not worrying about paying up for a certain price. Um, I, I think he keeps it going a la Lucas Glover uh, a few months ago when he went on his late uh, FedEx playoff uh, run. So with uh, that being sort of the top of the board, I'm going to switch over now to my model. And one thing I'm going to try to do a little bit differently um, this year, because I really do want these videos to be succinct to the point, um, just getting the main points across without having to sit here for a half hour. Did not do a good job of that last year. I think these dragged on to all the half hour and I was rushing through everything. So with these videos, I'm not going to go through every single stat and why. Really, what's important is that you know the most important stats, the stats that are going to be popular, that might be a little bit negligible. Um, I will show everybody that popped in my model as well as the guys that I bet, but I won't go line for line um, with exactly who and why for every single bet I place. Um, just trying to get the most important information out and as succinct as possible. It's my New Year's resolution. Uh, for this video series. Um, so important stats for wildlife country clubs, stress gain approach, of course, second shot course ish in the sense that, uh, you don't have to hit a per, a, you don't have to be an elite driver of the ball on this course, but you do have to be accurate. Um, so if, as long as you're playing out of the fairway, this is a course that you want to be top tier on approach. Not only that, but across the, I didn't label it here, but the proximity range, of 125 to 200. If you're, there's not many shots over 200 and there's not a lot of short wedge shots here. Um, something you might have noticed at, at Kapalua last week is there were a lot of flip wedge approaches, uh, wedge shots from inside 50. A course that really skilled, uh, players around the green tend to score very well because the ball just keeps running out. On those undulations, you can have 400 plus yard drives and leave yourself inside 100. Very much not the case here. Um, you are going to be kind of laying back off the tee, trying to prioritize precision, uh, hit some layoff layups, whether it be three woods off the tee or just taking it easy with the driver um, and, and just trying to do everything you can to stay in the uh, in the fairway. This is not like a colonial type of setup where guys have just bypassed the fairways, try to hit it as close as they can, cut off angles and all that good stuff. Not the strategy here. You want to be in the fairway. And this one of very few courses, I would say at this point. Um, who are short and still require you to be in the fairway. Um, just one more example of this, like our TPC River Highlands, where we have the, the Travelers, um, has stopped over the last few years being a course where you need to be in the fairway. Now everybody just overpowers that course uh, and, and pounds driver. So uh, for me personally, I'm putting, I, I don't always put a lot of fairway gained um, or fairways gained uh emphasis on my players when i'm running a model um, i think it's a little bit of an overrated stat but for a week like this i think it's one of the exceptions where i do want the guys who just live in the fairway and can can dial up a fairway finder when you need it down the stretch so approach fairways uh, approach inside 200 yards this is bermuda putting that's very important at Wiley, it's just a true Bermuda surface, and we've seen a lot of the guys who putt their best on Bermuda do their best work on uh, this course at Wiley CC. We've also seen a few guys who are maybe those team no-putt players like a Corey Connors um, kind of just figure it out here and have some of their best putting um, at Wiley when they typically would not putt well. So sometimes it's just a look and feel of the course where it works out. 
Uh, we'll dive into that a little bit later with Connors, but I do think you want to look at sort of putting history here in addition to Bermuda to see how guys putt uh, at this course. Sometimes people, it's the first event they play or the second event um, competitively that they play in January and they've tried a new putting instructor. They tried a new equipment. They're tinkering. Um, so all of that is kind of factored into course history in these January months. But if you're doing something that works coming off of a long off season, um, those are the types of guys that I'm trying to find value in um, for this week. Um, par four scoring from 400 to 500, basically all the par fours are in that range. Again, that's kind of a reason why the course history is so repeatable here. Uh, because guys who hit the same shots from within that 100-yard range um, can do that on repeat year over year. Um, aside from that, I, w- I won't go too much further into that into the, the model details because I really do think it's as simple as hit fairways, uh, performance on comp courses that are also short in value, accuracy off the tee, performance on comp short Bermuda courses, um, short game on Bermuda, and then those mid-irons are, are really crucial for this week. So with all of that, I'll now filter this to the top 10 of my model just to talk through, uh, understanding that these are all of the key um, stats that I valued this week. By the way, this is uh, course and comp course history um, as the second most weight in my model. I should have mentioned that. Um, so the top 10 this week, we have Rose Henley, Cam Davis, Brian Harmon, Eric Cole, um, Adam Svensson, JT Poston, Ludwig Ober. Tyrrell Hatton and Hideki Matsuyama. A lot of these guys have either not played this course before, but are very good, um, or they uh, have played courses like this very well, very consistently. Um, Justin Rose was surprising to me to be number one overall in my model, but he looked through the stats, course and comp course history is number three. Uh, he's top 10 on approach, really good on the short par fours. Uh, for scoring and the, sh- the around the green is always class from Justin Rose. So if we actually even go back to um, to Fantasy National, which I'll pull back up over here, um, you can look at Justin Rose, what he's done recently. Not great at the century, but he did have that self-inflicted um, penalty where I believe he lost three strokes. So I'm, I'm going to overlook that. Um, and the last time he was here was 2017 when he finished runner-up. He's got three consecutive top 15. So even though he's only played here three times in the last 13 years, it does seem to be that whenever he does decide to come back to Hawaii, uh, that he plays well. And it could just be a, a matter of this is a very far away from home track for Rose. It's very far from Europe. It's not easy. You could pull up Rory McIlroy uh, and just say, I don't want to start my year in Hawaii. I want to spend time with family. Um, but he was at Kapalua last week. He's in town. He probably does like this course if he keeps uh, putting up results like this. So because of those reasons, I did decide to bet Justin Rose um, as the first kind of bet that I placed this week. I'll filter this now by everybody else who I bet to just quickly go through who I'm betting and the general um, themes of why I'm betting these guys. Um, so in order of the model, I've also got JT Poston, who is somebody who just continues to be on a tear. Um, he's really a short course specialist, but he's lately just been showing up no matter what. Definitely a Bermuda guy who plays his best golf, um, on Bermuda greens. Lucas Glover has been incredible ball strike. You see he's number one in the entire field in strokes gained approach. He's third in total strokes gained, uh, leading into this event. Obviously the putter is what is suspect here, but if you look at his re- results, 
um, at Wildlife Country Club. He has always ball struck his way around here. His two wins at the end of last season were both on Bermuda, and we have not been to uh, a, a true Bermuda course uh, like this in, in a little bit since uh, since Glover has gone cold, um, and he is a Southern guy, so he definitely will appreciate a trip back to Bermuda. Uh, Brendan Todd was my spotlight player right up to so go to my tournament preview if you want to see all the reasons why I love Brendan Todd this week. Alex Noren is a player that I never bet, but he's someone, especially on Bermuda Greens, that short game, he's been lights out. You can see he's fourth, short game around the green, fifth, short game putting on Bermuda. So sometimes that can be enough if you're elite in those two areas to make up for some kind of average ball striking. But even from the ball striking standpoint, if you're, you're top 30 um, on approach and you're kind of middle of the pack on fairways gain, uh, you can you can get a hot week. So I do like Alex Noren for the first time in a long time this week. Um, Corey Connors, I am going to dive into a, just a little bit because I think he has some of the most interesting course history when it comes to Wildlife Country Club. Uh, as you can see, Corey Connors is one of the worst uh, consistently bad putters on tour, I will say. Maybe not the worst putter on tour, but he's consistently below average every single year. Uh, for whatever reason, at Sony Open, he's never missed the cut. And up until last year was the first time he'd lost strokes putting there. But the tee degree numbers are incredible. It's two times here. You should be winning tournaments when you're gaining close to 10 strokes tee to green. Um, and he's done that twice in the last four years. So he clearly likes this course. The ball striking form continues to be very good. Um, you can see, you know, he was positive at Century last week and ball striking was terrible um, putting. So he definitely needs that to turn around. But uh, this is a course that he has managed to turn it around at. So if there was ever a time to chase uh, a good putting week, it seems to be that you want to do that at Sony. Um, Matt Kuchar is number one in course history, bar none. That's I'm I'm going to play him at fifty to one uh, on the on the course history chops alone. Uh, and then lastly, uh, Taylor Pendrith. I got him at one twenty five to one, and uh, he's just somebody who plays very well. Um, when it comes to short courses, um, it's very interesting short course history. I'll, I'll pull him up very quickly too. Um, but you can see Shriners is a short course worldwide technology is sort of a, a coastal layout. Uh, and then Butterfield Bermuda at Port Royal, one of the better comps here. So he is posting a lot of top tens. He's not winning tournaments yet. Um, and you wouldn't think a bomber like him would do well on a course like Wildlife, but for whatever reason, these short Bermuda courses tend to suit his eye. Form's really good, just just a good number there. He may not be the perfect fairway finder type of player, but uh, he does check the boxes. So that is going to do it for um, this week. You see, those are my... Those are my, my uh, I don't know, seven or eight bets this week. A lot on the car, but I did kind of fade the favorites this week, trying to spread my exposure across some of the proven veterans and fairway finders. Um, this week, th this video went yeah, pretty good, 23 minutes. Uh, going forward, I think these will be 50 to 20. Um, try to keep them a little bit more quick hitting for you guys so you can get the need to know info, place your bets and get out of here. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for From the Tips this week. Excited for the 2024 season uh, and wishing you all the best of luck with your bets.